Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Technically Minded, a podcast brought to you by Good Era UK. I hope our listeners are well as always and we're taking full advantage of the recent heatwave. And for those of you who are parents, uh, I hope you're enjoying the summer holidays. And for those of you who aren't, I hope you're enjoying the quieter roads. Technically Minded is a podcast brought to highlight areas of interest in technology and business. It gives our consultants across the firm the opportunity to bring their views to topics we think are pertinent to the current climate and hopefully give you some insight into these areas. My name is Joshua Silver. I'm the host of today's podcast, and you'll likely be getting either familiar or tired of my voice. It'll be one of the two. Uh, I've been on a few podcasts now. I'm a consultant here at Gradera UK and have been for just over 18 months. And also today, I'm actually not going to be the only voice you're going to recognise, and that's a good time to introduce today's panel. So today, and guys, I'll ask you just for a quick hello so people know who's who. I'm joined by Alan Hosley, Managing Consultant in the Cloud Practice. Hello, Alan. Uh, Hi. Uh, John Kendrick, Principal Consultant and Lead of our Innovation Practice. Hello. And finally, Rob Reed, who is our Cloud Partnership Lead. Hello, Josh. Hello, Rob. And if you haven't guessed from uh, the guys on the podcast, we are talking about cloud today and we're specifically talking about cloud optimization. So let's just jump straight into it, set the scene for the podcast get and get into the meat of it. So starting with the simple question. Um, and if I can come to, um, let's go to Alan first. And if I could just ask you, just uh, I know you've all taken different paths, so if you can all give a view, uh, what does it mean to optimize the cloud? Um, it's interesting. I think many people have moved to the cloud in a, I've got to move out of my data center and I pick up what I have and I shuffle it over to the cloud. And then I pat myself on the back and say, I've moved to the cloud. And actually to optimize the cloud and make best use of it, you need to be moving on to the technology offerings that all of the providers have, which is cloud native functionality. So be it serverless, be it uh, streaming event uh, pipelines and all these new technologies. Um, So that's what really optimizing the cloud is. Picking yourself up and moving from on-prem to the cloud is step one. Step two is moving on to the newer Uh, tech that the cloud offers yeah I I think as well I mean depends on how much people want to embrace the cloud but we talk about optimizing you've got the optimization of sort of the migrations and making sure your kit is you know being utilized as much as possible but when you're optimizing there's a whole load of stuff to do with optimizing your processes as well there's things to do with well how are you going to do financial planning now how does the capex and um, opex challenge now change changes look and feel um, I think the, the point that was just made around the tech side of things as well is really important, depending on whether or not you use infrastructure as a service or whether or not you move into the um, the other offers that they've got, the slightly more sophisticated offers, that can really influence the way that you do the support organization setup and, and organizational constructs around delivery. You're considering to move to product and service rather than project and program. There's an awful lot there, actually. I know you said, Josh, it was a simple question. It, it is <laughs> on the face of it. But actually, as you start to unpack it and you understand the benefits that cloud brings, the speed or the time to market and the, and the way in which you can reduce friction and optimize your processes um, significantly, um, significantly improves. So there's for me, I think there's, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunities. there. I don't think necessarily people always necessarily appreciate just quite how much you can or could do uh, when you move over. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I suppose it's a natural, a natural lead on from that. Um, and any of you weigh in uh, first with your opinions. Um, why why should I why should I worry about cloud optimization then? The big one, 
that everyone worries about is the cost. So I think initially the consumption around cloud is often slightly ad hoc in nature. I'll be polite. It might be that people have used their credit cards or whatever to, to initially start some fledgling um, use of cloud. As that starts to happen, as people start to leave servers running overnight at weekends, they don't start to pause things and so forth. Um, you know, the, the costs become the big thing because that's one that everyone can see really quickly. Um, that that for me is the, the you know the the one that you really need to worry about because your costs can escalate incredibly quickly as people start to buy larger and larger hardware to solve more and more complex problems. But actually, is there more efficient ways that people could be tackling it? Um, I, I mean, added to that, there's obviously there's um, governance and control. So we've got the cloud; we can very simply spin up kit, um, incur cost. Um, we don't necessarily have that cost attributable to anybody. Um, do we have all of these good things around change management, change processes in place um, to control that? Um, but I was thinking from a governance perspective, we should also consider that um, certain sectors have regulatory requirements of the cloud and we can't just stay where we are we have to stay current we have to keep our kit up to date um it's not just as simple as i've moved to the cloud and i, I pack up and go home so i get i get into the the optimization space but even in the optimization space i have to make sure that i cover all of the governance requirements of of the industry that i'm in um, be it in public sector maintaining your data in the uk um, or financial requirements of uh, GDPR, et cetera? So I think there's um, something that's fundamentally important for any enterprise who is looking to uh, move to the cloud or use cloud services, no matter what it might be in terms of um, a data type of governance or whether it might actually be a lift and shift or migration of applications, it's planning, right? And I think that's mostly the, the, you know, the pinnacle and the most important thing of all, of all technical and IT-based projects is good planning. So if you plan well, um, and also take into account that you need important milestones to just give you the opportunity to look back, and that's when you can implement some of your optimization strategies. Um, to ensure that you are on track, you're on plan, nothing's getting out of control. Um, as the guys mentioned, cost being one of the most important one, um, then that would be my biggest suggestion to most customers and enterprises. And I think that's probably a good step forward. It's very good to you're up to the link to the next question as well, just touching on those kind of strategies there. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, as I say, you've just touched on it a bit and, and, and leading on to the next question, just to, to actually start to give some kind of uh, meat to this discussion in terms of, of, of where people may want to head. Um, and anyone feel free to pick up on this one. Um, what are some of the strategies to, uh, to optimise the cloud? So there are a few strategies that are actually uh, available to most clients and enterprises who are uh, using the public cloud and consuming cloud services. But ultimately, it's down to the client and their enterprise 
on what's important to them um, to ensure that they pick the right strategy. I would always suggest that they should, as a first point of call, is to reach out to their cloud provider uh, because each of the public cloud providers have their own um, optimization framework, which is specific to their own, right? Um, but then, of course, where you have some of these global enterprises or large size scale enterprises who are using workloads across a number of public cloud providers, so a multi-cloud strategy effectively, that's where things could potentially be a little bit more complicated because the individual public clouds themselves might actually offer up an optimized strategy, but it's kind of in tune to their own services and it's probably more challenging for them to take on board the competing landscape. Um, so my suggestion to those type of clients would be to get on board and reach out to your trusted suppliers um, who has a partnership mm -hmm. skills expertise across all those public cloud providers are actually in question here because they can actually provide um, an impartial and pertinent view that's far more beneficial for them across all cloud providers then. Eleanor, John, have you got anything to add to that one? Um, yeah, I mean, just taking on, on from what Rob said, you've obviously got the cloud providers who can provide you with a great input on, on how to get started with the cloud. Um, but in terms of strategies to, to optimize the cloud, I'm going to suggest, say that one of the, the key things to me would be to me making use of infrastructure as code. Um, it gets away from the, the click uh, click and shoot effect and nobody knowing what is there. Um, so I'm going to say infrastructure as code and CICD um, are, are crucial to really making uh, best use of the cloud. Um, and that fits back into it allows you then to um, apply um, sort of configuration management uh, rules and tagging, etc which allow you to, to gain that cost control. Um, so that might be saying we everything must be tagged with X, Y, and Z, and you can't build it unless it is. And then based on X, Y, and Z, you send the bill to the relevant department. Um, and applying all of that good practice via infrastructure as code, um, integrating into that um, at, at the start as much as possible, all of the security that you need to put in place. Um, we all, depending on how we've got to the cloud, we've either got there through a, a lift and shift or a, I think as somebody said earlier, starting with the credit card. And we all know if we've started with the credit card, we've not started with infrastructure as code. Um, so yeah, John said that and we've not started uh, infrastructure code. We've done it all through click and point. Our security is probably anybody can do anything. Um, so really optimizing things, I would push for infrastructure code, codifying all the security and the configuration management and having a good CICD platform and pipelines. Thank you, Alan. And anything else to add, John? Yeah, I think I think with all of these sorts of things, you know, to optimize the cloud, you need to know well what is it that it, the cloud is a tool, 
And you've got to try and actually understand, well, how are you going to use the tool? What do you want to get out of it? And whether or not it's you want to optimize your costs, are you optimizing because you've got legacy infrastructure that you're trying to get away from? Is it the fact that you want to optimize because you've got Evergreen there? You've got constant updates flying through the cloud. They haven't got all that concern about making sure that you're up to date. Is it because you want to optimize because you want to go to SaaS? Is it you want to optimize because you've got super availability, super quick, like the innovation side of things, which you know is, is much, much, in, in theory, much, much quicker than most firms uh, leveraging in the cloud? Is it optimizing because you want to get rid of buildings? Is it because you know, you've know you got availability? You know, you've got horizontal and vertical scaling. You've got all sorts of things around high availability from a DR point of view that you can do with the cloud. Optimizing is based on the value proposition that you're trying to get from the tool, and that happens to be the cloud. And I think, you know, as, as we've discussed here, I think there's lots and lots of different lenses you can apply. And with any any idea, any anything you want to do around um, migrations to the cloud, optimizing the cloud, you really need to focus on, well, what's the value I'm driving? And then from that, you can then have appropriate um, uh, projects, programs, agile products and services, whatever it is you want to do to get this thing focused on the value you're trying to drive. Yeah, thank you. And I think it, we're probably almost alluding to uh, the next question as well, that they are following on nicely today. Um, and kind of to give the listeners a little bit of context and, and we'll, we'll we'll keep it at the right level of context. But um, what is the biggest challenge we're facing now in cloud optimization? What do we see when we when we come into an organization or, or when we're, we're working with people? Um, what are those generally um, biggest challenges? I think um, personally, one of the first challenges would be complacency, right? I think that when you have these clients and they're moving their workloads into the cloud and they're consuming all these cloud services and things are going exceptionally well, um, they're reducing their uh, their overheads in other areas throughout their business as well. I mean, at the end of the day, that's generally what um, the cloud actually offer up uh, in terms of a benefit. Um, things can begin to um, be, begin to get a little bit out of control, and that's just uh, not just in reference to cost, but that's in, in reference to all the other things involved with managing those workloads um, and basically keeping your finger on the pulse in terms of, you know, how they're actually working and if they're working in a in a very efficient and optimized way. I think for me, I mean, we've got the the classic ones of. Um, you know, who owns the stuff that's already been spun up. You know, you don't necessarily know who owns it, how much you've got, how much is being billed, and so on and so forth. So, you you know, you've got the ownership and the and the cost challenge. And, and, and some of the ones that have already been mentioned, I think one of the biggest challenges that I see, I've been doing this for now more years than perhaps I want to count, is that for most firms, it's actually processes. So if I wanted to have um, security ports opened, to access cloud activity, or if I wanted to have um, an, an arch- architectural um, review of activities or things like that, broadly speaking, the processes that exist within firms, whether or not they're a multinational or whether or not they're a, a medium-sized firm, broadly speaking, they're going to be aligned to waterfall processes, and they'll take definitely days, probably weeks, most likely months, for certain things to happen. And that's because they've been used to infrastructure as a physical asset that takes days and weeks to be shipped, plugged in, switched on, built and all those sorts of things. And when we start to say, well, actually, hey, look, we need to we need a new server. We create the server that takes 24 hours max. 
we configure it, we put some security on top of it. We're now, broadly speaking, secure. We now want to open up some ports so that our internal infrastructure can talk to the cloud. Well, that's now going to take two weeks to go through the approval process for that. And so optimizing the cloud is about the full gambit of the processes that you need to interact with to ensure that you can optimize in a, in a robust, controlled, but also low friction way. And I think that's sometimes one of the things that people don't necessarily consider. They see all the shiny new stuff, but actually all of the processes that you've got, are called legacy processes, heritage processes, they all have to come on the journey as well. And if they don't optimize, then that is one of the biggest challenges that you face. Organizational structures and processes aren't aligned to the speed at which you can generate um, and work with the cloud. Thank you, John. Um, I, I suppose uh, as someone who I'm, not, I'm, I'm no expert in cloud, so I'm learning a lot today as, as well as everybody else. I, I suppose the question that comes off the back of that for me um, is, is if I'm a listener, how, how do I know um, that I'm not optimizing the cloud? Um, I guess the kind of flippant argument to that answer to that is you probably aren't optimized for the cloud. You might think that you are, but the cloud is evolving at such a pace that even by the time you've taken stock of where you're at, it has moved on. Your cloud provider has shipped some more newer technologies that are more optimized for the workloads that you have. Um, the cloud is a constantly evolving uh, thing. Um, it, it has a, a long future ahead of it um, because it is so dynamic. But as we start on that, people are sort of saying, well, we're well on our journey to the cloud, but we're, we've got an awful long way to go. We're never going to go back to provisioning our own storage arrays and that big infrastructure in our data centers because it's so dynamic now. But just like in those days, we had to constantly evolve our infrastructure in our on-premise site in terms of patching by a new, newer, bigger storage arrays every three, five years. We don't have to do that in the cloud, but we still need to keep ourselves optimized from a patching perspective, from an operating system perspective, from using the new uh, technologies that the cloud providers are offering us. I think um, I think Alan has absolutely nailed it there, and I think um, ultimately uh, Alan has highlighted one of the uh, one of the biggest points around all this as well, um, around this the question that you've asked. I think that um, I do think it's actually important around customers ensuring that they have um, set aside time for being up to speed in terms of the services that are coming from their chosen public cloud provider. Um, take the time to ensure that they take on board good knowledge and education. And I do think that they should also um, they should also be organising certain time throughout their calendar year where they do take time out, where they do look across their workloads and their cloud estate with uh, with a microscopic view, just so then they can actually take stock of what they're doing, what they're consuming, and where they could ultimately improve on things. For me, I, again, I'm, unfortunately, we're going to sound a bit like an echo chamber. Um, but I think it's true. I mean, you go, you go back, you don't have to go back too far, and infrastructure as a service was the thing that everyone needed to do. And then you start talking about software as a service, 
microservices, you've got the containerization of stuff, we've got serverless that's now around. There is a constant evolving of the technology. And I think that's one of the blessings of the cloud. You're constantly being stretched with new technology, new offers, new ways of moving things forward. I think one of the challenges is, though, that, um, and I think it was something that, that Rob just said, people consider that moving to the cloud is a destination that you reach and, it, and you can have a project that gets you there. The, the big thing for me is that it's not, it's not something that's stationary. It's constantly flowing and you have to have yourself set up to continually evolve and adapt and adopt. So, you know, the, the, the initial comment said along the lines of, I don't want to be flippant, but I, I, I have to say I agree. This is not a destination. This is a continuing journey. And if you think you're optimized, you're probably not because there's a new widget that you could use should you have the capability in your organization to, to leverage. So um, you, I think you really have to come into that. You're now consuming products and services rather than it being a, pro a project uh, with a defined sort of finish and end. Uh, you can't sweat the assets like you could before uh, with the cloud as you could previously with um, sort of physical infrastructure. Sorry, I'm going to do it again. Um, it's just made me want to ask another question. <laughs> um, it, it, the question that I'm getting from listening to this is, should organizations always move forward just because you can? Or should there be consideration as to whether it's like, because I'm hearing this sort of constant evolution, but is there a case where actually sometimes you need to make sure that you're not just moving forward for the sake of moving forward? What comes from the cloud providers? Um, is this message that it can offer up limitless uh, innovation. Um, it can offer up uh, enterprises and clients the ability to uh, to realize the potential of what they wish to achieve within their uh, business objectives. Um, and that should be completely limitless. Um, so, of course, what we're going to see um, as a, a, you know, as Alan actually alluded to earlier, they are it's this constantly evolving uh, technology and further services that will be coming from these cloud providers. Um, and we're going to get to a point eventually where there's it's going to be hard for them to find new areas because we're probably at this point now where there's not many stones left which have not been unturned. Um, but this is generally the, the thing for the customer's point of view from the client and the enterprise themselves. They need to challenge these cloud providers now. And I think that's generally what's really going to steer it to continue it to provide that innovation limitless platform that customers actually need. So customers, they need to actually come up with the ideas that, you know, and create what they want to actually achieve themselves. Um, I don't think that it's impossible. You know, this is the whole purpose of the cloud. It should help them solve those kind of things. I think from my point of view, you know, moving to the cloud is a big challenge. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of work to, to get there and be successful. The biggest for me, one of the biggest things is to do with utilization of infrastructure. That's one of the reasons I would say to people moving to the cloud is really beneficial. I mean, I've over my years, I've seen infrastructure that would sit at very, very small percentage utilizations, you know, sort of zero percent, one percent type things for a majority of their life, and they'll have some spikes when batch jobs are run or something like that. But yeah, they pay people have paid an awful lot of money 
for that infrastructure to sit there and not do very much for long, long periods of time. The cloud can allow you to have very small, very, very low cost infrastructure during non-peak times. And then when you need to, you can ramp it up, get more processing, more service, whatever you need to do to cope with peak, potentially run it more quickly, and then shrink back down again when you need to move back to pilot-like mode. And just, you need to do the maths. You need a, I'm sure you need some kind of Excel spreadsheet, you know, around to, to do it. And if you've got ended serviceable life on your servers and so forth, it, you know, it's cropping up. But I would say that just, just for me, just that one thing of being able to scale up and scale down horizontally, vertically, whatever you need to do, that coupled with high availability is something that people should embrace. And that for me is a reason to move forward. Yeah, there's an overhead with it because it's a new thing. It's changed. But I think the cloud has more benefits than it does um, than it does hindrances, really. Um, is it just for the sake of moving? I don't think it is. I think if you if you don't move, then there comes a point in time when you do have to move. Whatever you're running your thing on. Uh, your application, if it's running on some operating system that's six years old, 10 years old, it's not supported. You will have to move it at some point in time. You therefore have a big choice to make um, as to whether or not you move it in big increments or you have a constant small rate of change. And what the cloud really brings to the table is that ability with infrastructure as code to have a, a rate of change that is constant, but much smaller. So rather than having to wait for projects and financing to do an upgrade every five years, you can have a constant patch cycle that's just rolled out as infrastructure code. And you don't notice the machine is patched or whatever every couple of weeks because you're leveraging the auto scaling capabilities that cloud provides so it's just rolled in it just happens um, so it, it's a change to the way that you work as a business um, but it's certainly not just a change for the sake of change as a technologist I always like technology and moving forward to the latest and greatest but there's an awful lot of hard work to be done in just keeping things evolving um and i think it, it makes that easier i think that uh, uh organizations out there they always need to keep looking at ways to stay relevant and also to sustain themselves on being competitive and that's really what the cloud is about that's what it also brings. And that's just really to just follow up from what Alan said as well. I'm also, so I'm also going to pick up on something that Rob said earlier. I think, will it stop evolving? And I don't think it will. If you'd asked me five years ago, would I have a robot vacuum cleaner that to communicate with it in the next room involved it sending a message via the East Coast of the United States to Amazon's event-based system and then communicating to my bedroom I would have said no that's not going to happen because that's really daft but that's what happens nowadays and we all just take it for granted um, so I think what we have in five years time will be things that we haven't really thought about yet it's really interesting and I think to sort of um, bring this in a little bit I think like the listeners will be feeling like kids in a candy store with all the opportunities that are being discussed 
So if I, if we cap off with um, kind of a little bit of a tidbit and just ask ask each of you if, if and we'll, we'll zoom in on costs on this one um, just to keep it a little bit more uh, focused. Uh, John, if I could come to you first, if I were to start optimizing costs right now, um, what is one easy way to get started and see immediate results? You, the first thing I would, the first thing I'd say is, do you know who's using what? All right, you, you, you need to get control of it. And um, knowing who's got what running and when, it sounds incredibly simple, um, and it should be, but often it's not. But having an appreciation, having, I mean, I'm going to use a Monty Python phrase to bring out your dead. You need everyone who's ever been involved in any of the cloud work within the organization to just declare it, have a massive amnesty. And from there, from there, you can then start to know what it is you're spending and then you can start to control and then you can start to optimize. That would be the one thing I'd do, a massive amnesty on on cloud use. Yeah, I would say take that amnesty and then enforce some tagging um, whereby it might be that you tagged everything by the cost center so that it was immediately billable back to people so they they felt the pain of the of paying for it um, and then look at the usage profile of the application there are many applications that we know are used from 8 in the morning to 6 p.m well they're prime candidates for being shut down at 7 start start them up at 7 you haven't halved your costs but you've really drastically reduced your costs um equally all your development environments they don't need to be running uh overnight um so i would do do a piece of work to evaluate um the cost center code for everything and then can it be shut down overnight and then implement processes and procedures to to do that shutting down it might be painful at the start but after a week or so of the thing shutting down you'll have hopefully fixed all the issues with it so from my side um i think that there's um some very simple very uh quick tasks that you can start performing from day one if you wish to take it on yourselves to try and find a way where you can actually optimize costs um i think more often than not for um for most organizations out there uh, I don't think it's really a quick process. It's very time consuming. This is why I would always suggest to most organizations to, you know, reach out to their cloud providers, reach out to a trusted supplier who's got partnerships with those public clouds. But yes, of course, I mean, there are some very easy and quick steps. And some of those would be get a really good look at those instances that you're using. Um, you turn off the ones or turn down the ones which are actually being um you know underutilized uh i would probably say that's a that's a very very easy a very very easy start i'd probably also suggest have a look at your data buckets as well uh, where you know maybe you would be in a situation where uh, there was some foresight where um, you wanted to have a certain amount of capacity and you're nowhere near that so you again is underutilized so you can trim that down it's all those kind of easy things that you can do but of course like i said dependent on the size of your of your estate it can be time consuming it can be but there's some easy steps to do there 
Thank you, Rob, and thank you all. So I think we're going to close there for today on cloud optimization. So I hope you have enjoyed listening. Um, if you do want to continue the conversation with us, we are always happy to have a conversation. Uh, you can get in contact with us on our website. It's credera.co.uk. And if you head over to the Contact Us page, um, you can just speak to us in general, or you can ask to speak to uh, any of us today, even me, if you want to. Um, so I think that's all from today. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to the panel for joining. And I hope you have a very good rest of the week. Bye.